This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 259, submission number 143, Don't Scare the Hare. Don't Scare the Hare aired on BBC One from the 23rd of April to the 22nd of October 2011 for a total of nine episodes. Here we go. One, two, three. Oh. <laughs> what beat scissors? How is it that you get me with that every time? <laughs> Hi, I'm Jason, and I live here in an underground forest with a hare. And once in a while, I invite some visitors from the real world down here to try some peculiar tasks. And if they do them well, they could be leaving here several thousand pounds richer, but only if they remember one golden rule. <laughs> Okay, guys, I have to read from my big book of Nito Keen facts here. The Mountain Hare, Lepus timidus, also known as Blue Hare, Tundra Hare, Variable Hare, White Hare, Snow Hare, Alpine Hare, and Irish Hare, is a Palearctic hare that is largely adapted to polar and mountainous habitats. The Mountain Hare arose during the late Pleistocene, and there is evidence that its range expanded during glaciations into southern Europe with populations of Iberian hare, European hare, and broom hare. This species is distributed to eastern Siberia, and in addition, isolated mountain populations occur in the Alps, Scotland, the Baltics, northeastern Poland, and Hokkaido, Japan. Nowhere is it said that they scare easily. But apparently, in robotic form, they do. As is evidenced by this game show that aired on the BBC in 2011. This was, I can't even believe this show existed. I can't believe it either. And basically, when the BBC watched it, they were like, who the hell put this show on? Well, we'll get into that a little bit later. I have some stuff to say about that. But this show, this makes cheap, cheap, cheap look tame, tame, tame. This really is one of the most bizarre premises ever, ever. Yes. We have a semi-anthropomorphic hare in an enchanted forest who is also a robot. Yeah, imagine like a four-foot robotic rabbit. Basically, that's what it is. It's it's a robot that's like four feet tall. It's a rabbit. Yeah, that's the basis of this show. 
the basis of the show is a robotic rabbit, and it is your job as a contestant to not scare it. Yeah, that's the title. Don't scare the hare. Don't scare the hare. There's a little more to it than that, but we will get there. But let's just say this set and this hair and everything about this show was just trippy as hell. I mean, you would have thought this was like plucked from the pages of Sid and Marty Croft almost. But nope. This came from initial for the BBC One. Initial, by the way, a division of Endemol Shine. And the show was shot, I believe, in Scotland. Or there was a place called Dock 10. Where was that? Yeah, no, okay, my mistake. It was not shot in Scotland. It was shot at the uh, famous Dock 10 Studios in Manchester, England. That's where it was shot, which is uh, Northern England, or Northern England, Southern Scotland, that general area. Here's the thing. The hare did not live alone in this enchanted forest. Oh? He lived with his best friend, a bald Moby-looking mother lover. What? It's he does he- look like Moby. You're not wrong. Oh, God. No. He is a bald, moby-looking mother lover named Uh, Jason Bradbury, who is a very, he is a very talented, very storied uh, British presenter. He hosted The Gadget Show for Channel 5, and is actually one of the uh, bases of the uh, Cycling Tour series for ITV4. Okay. And actually, Jason Bradbury... Holds four world records. What? What? Okay, this is from the gadget show that Chico just mentioned. He holds the fastest speed reached by an internal combustion-powered radio-controlled model car at 85.66 miles per hour. That happened on the gadget show in 2008. He holds the record for the fastest speed in a water jet powered car at 16.65 miles per hour. Again, achieved on the gadget show, but this time in 2010. Also in 2010, he got the world's record for the longest ramp jump performed by a remote controlled car. But that record was actually since beat like a year, like a year after that. Yeah. And the last one is the fastest speed attained on a jet-powered street luge. 115.83 miles per hour. And that was in 2011. I'm surprised the wheels didn't come off of that. I'm I'm just... I gotta say the same thing because I'm sorry. I don't want to crash on a luge going 116 miles per hour. That's deadly. Like, you've seen uh, the EXP and Extreme games on the original PlayStation. You know how fast the street luge can get. I've seen enough luge on the Olympics, and that speed is usually, like, about 60 miles an hour, and that scares the stink out of me. At some point in his life, he's gotten four world records, and as of right now, he may have up to three of them. 
Right, right, right. And aside from being a TV host, he is also a published author. He has written the Dot Robot series, which is basically a techno thriller for uh, tweens called Dot Robot. It's a trilogy. It's called the first book was called Dot Robot, a 12 year old mathematics and computer gaming genius recruited into a top secret robot defense force. And of course, the, the second book was called Atomic Swarm, and the third book was called Cyber Gold. No Hunger Games-ish uh, trilogy was made of any of these books. Oh. But they are beloved by British children everywhere. Which is good, because nobody remembers this show. Nobody wants to remember this show. But you can't help but remember this show because, I mean, look at it. It's a darkly lit day glow enchanted forest filled with all sorts of flora and fauna. And of course, the star of the show. Yes, Jason Bradbury's the host. But the star of the show is the hair. He has no voice. He speaks through two things. One, his eyes, which are two sort of digital displays that convey what he's thinking or feeling at any given time. And second, the voice of the forest, played by Sue Perkins, who, of course, is uh, one of the legendary original uh, hosts of the Great British Baking Show. Yeah, and half of the legendary comic duo Mel and Sue. Mm-hmm. Legend in Britain, absolutely. Indeed. And since 2021, she has been the host of Just a Minute, taking over for the late, great Nicholas Parsons. So yeah, a lot of talent behind this show and a lot of technology and this is about as big budget as BBC ever got. And we're not even talking about the prize money. Though the prize money for a BBC show is really big. Yeah. Uh, the game is played in two teams of three. And each team has a chance to win 15,000 pounds, which today is worth Almost $20,000. Almost. It's $19,527.43. In 2011, it would have been what $15,000. So, accounting for inflation, wow. Big money for a BBC show. So, We talked about the host, we talked about the voice, we talked about the hair, we talked about Sid and Marty Croft's Enchanted Forest here. But how do you get to the money? How do you get to the money? This is how. We have two teams of three, and each player will play one of three games played over three rounds. And the object of the first two rounds is to complete some sort of physical and mental 
stunt, which involves basically doing this in a certain amount of time or remembering this or doing this and that and the other thing. And the object is you have to do it correctly or else you risk scaring the hare. If you scare the hare three times before the game is over, the hare will run off with a bundle of carrots that is carrying with them. The object is to complete the task and win the hare's carrots. And we'll get into the different games in uh, Don't Scare the Hare in a little bit. By the way, I took a look at the games. Their title is just as crazy as the actual game. Each round is worth three carrots to a team that completes it. The third round is a head-to-head where several carrots are on offer. And at the end of that round, the team with the most carrots wins and goes on to the final game, which involves the team answering a series of questions, multiple choice style, and they had to track the hair. We'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. So the games themselves. Yes. There weren't many. There were only 10 games overall. Yeah, remember, there were nine episodes. Yeah, remember, yeah, there were nine episodes. So basically, if you average it out, each game got played about two and a half, three times over the course of the series. So the first game is called Alarmageddon. One player from each team had to turn off alarm clocks. And these are big alarm clocks. I mean, they are probably four, five feet tall. And they had to turn them off. Uh, And then the uh, clocks uh, could also turn themselves back on. uh, And you had to keep all the clocks off, or at least make sure that no more than three alarm clocks were going off at the same time in order not to scare the hair. If you're able to keep no more than, than two of the clocks ringing at one time until the sun rose after I think it was like a minute or so, then you got three carrots. If at any time, any three clocks were ringing, the hair goes crazy. His eyes turn like a bright red, like he's furious and he'll start doing the running around. Like Chico mentioned, taking his carrots away and game's over. Yeah. And the and, thing of it is, oh wait, you forgot one thing, Mike. I may have, was probably going to mention it right now, but I'll let you okay, say go it. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Mike. The clocks themselves, you actually did see. It wasn't just an oral thing. You did actually see which ones were uh, uh, sounding the alarm because they were like red in color and you had to hit like the top of the alarm to turn it off until obviously it came back on at some point. And it wasn't just three clocks. There were, I want to say, six or eight clocks. So there were six you, clocks. So yeah, you're just constantly moving. Yeah. And the thing of it is, you, you talked about moving. You didn't run around from clock to clock. You had this giant sack that you were put into. And you had to hop around from clock to clock. So you were basically hopping around for like 90 seconds while the sun was coming up. 
turning off all the alarms as they were activated. But if you uh, fail to do so before it rings, it scares the hair. And then you have to do it all over again. You're basically doing this for 90 seconds. Suffice it to say, it's weird. And if the sun rose, you won three carrots. If you scared the hair too much, no carrots. Try again next game. Yep. So that's the first game. Now, again, there's only 10 here, and some of them are uh, used only in the third round, and others are used exclusively in the first two rounds. Uh, The next one on the list is called Allotment Impossible. Uh, A player is suspended above Hare's allotment of carrots in a harness and had to collect up to 18 carrots from electrified boxes using prongs. Touching the sides of the box forfeited the carrots, which had to be returned to Hare's bin. Extracted carrots could be placed in a team's basket. So basically what you're doing here is essentially operation. This is basically the aggravating maze at your local arcade where you have this uh, giant little uh, sword baton looking deal and you have to maneuver your baton through the maze and get it out without touching either of the sides. Otherwise you have a slight electric shock. We've seen this type of thing on the cube. I've seen it on Ultimate Bonzuke. Oh, it's well, by the well, way, it's the, the irritating. It's the irritating. Yeah, there's different shows that you, you have to get the 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 uh, what, what do you want to call them? Electrodes, essentially, uh-huh. through the maze, and you don't want to touch the sides, or else game over, or you got to start over. Yeah, and, and it very much is like Operation. Don't touch the sides. Get the carrots, extract them, put them in the basket, and then. You go back out there again on your harness, uh, and I think the other two players control like the the horizontal and the vertical, because obviously you, you can't like do it on your own with some sort of joystick, and then with your tongs pick up a carrot. And but yeah, so it's very much like again Operation or any of these games we're talking about these carnival games. But yeah, basically get as many as you can, and that's like a third round game. Because again, eighteen carrots are up uh, are being offered, and whoever gets the most generally is going to be the winner. It's sort of like your golden snitch type of game. Yep. All right, third game, bangers and smash. See, it's a a pun on bangers and mash. I, I thought. Think you know. Well, remember there was a civil. Well, not real. There was a bank. Wasn't there? there was a bangers and mash game on Joe Schmo too, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah no. No. Let's not go. No. Right, yeah. Don't go back there. Yeah. It's no. Not no. There wasn't is, a game. Wasn't is, that something to do this, with one one of the, the 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 lifestyles of one of the female contestants? Something like that. Go something back. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Go back to the Joe Schmo two episode. We're not gonna. We, we, we we're, talk we're, about we're, that like, already. Yo, listen to it. We're not here to educate you. We, we, we talked about it enough, and I think uh, when we originally talked about it, it sort of disgusted some of us in some ways. Yeah. Jack, what did you have to think about that? No, 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 no. <laughs> we're getting a lot of mileage out of Jack. All right. So for Bangers and Smash, a member of each team had to throw apples at a series of fireworks 
toppling them before the fuse burns down. If they failed to dislodge the firework before the fuse expires, it exploded, frightening the hare. So again, it sounds like a carnival game. Now you're sort of trying to throw the uh, baseball at the target to uh, hit the dunk tank, but the dunk tank in this case are fireworks. And you want to obviously not let the fuse go down or else boom boom goes the dynamite and the hair gets scared and you don't get carrots. Right, right, right. Yeah. So next on the list is hot hair balloons. Not hot air balloons, hot hair balloons. Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) And again, this is another uh, third round game. 18 carrots are available. One player sat in a chair suspended by balloons above the hare's carrot allotment. The player had to take carrots by using long fishing hooks and while uh, avoiding motion-sensitive lasers, put the carrots in the bin next to their chair. Uh, if the lasers were activated, an alarm went off, and the carrots had to be forfeited back to hare's bin. So the hare didn't really like get mad in this case. It's just if one of the lasers went off and the sirens went off, you had to give up all the carrots you accumulated. And really, I mean, th- this is kind of similar to the bangers and smash where, but instead of like being in a harness, you're actually like in a lawn chair levitated yeah. over the ground. And yeah. And you're actually plucking carrots with your little fishing pole from like what, six feet, seven feet, eight feet up. And yeah, yeah. It, a little more skill involved, possibly. Than, and also, you're trying to avoid the lasers. So, a variation of one of the previous games, kind of, sort of. And, of course, if you hit the laser, you got to drop the carrots. Yeah, you got to forfeit them, because you made the hare upset. The hare don't like anybody stealing his carrots. No. Next game is Party Poppers. It's Hare's birthday. Yay, happy birthday, Hare. And his party was missing balloons. A contestant from each team had to maneuver a balloon through a thorn bush without popping it and deliver it to Hare's party. One balloon safe outside of the thorn bushes was enough to win three carrots. However, popping all three balloons in the thorn bush means that the game was lost and no carrots were earned. Mm. Next one is Pond Memories. One player from each team had to memorize a sequence of lily pads, which lit up. If they made a mistake, a frog chorus went off, scaring the hare. If the contestant got across all the lily pads without scaring the hare three times, they got three carrots. So basically, this game is sort of like Simon, essentially. Yeah, it's like like the end game of Brain Surge. It's kind of like Pitfall. Yeah, see what elevators are. Yeah, a little bit of a pattern type of thing there. Right. Okay, next game is called Running Yoke. One player from each team had to transport three eggs across a farmyard obstacle course, first from the chicken coop, through a gate, and over some rollers, over a hay bale, over spinning, stepping stones, and onto egg cups before the bread and toaster popped up. That's the timer. Bread in the toaster. I think we've seen it all. 
Anybody want hair for breakfast? Hair for breakfast. Anyway. That sounds like a double entendre, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Each new egg was larger in size than the last. Each broken egg scared hair once. And just like everything, it seems, scare the hair three times, you get no carrots. Bring home three eggs, you get three carrots. Face attacks. One player from each team had to transport three paintings to hooks on the other side of the room before time ran out. Each painting was larger than the last. However, in between them and the hooks were fragile vases. Each vase broken scared the hair once. And guess what? Break three vases, you win nothing. Get all three pictures back to uh, the wall, you win three carrots. A lot of variation here in scoring. You can tell that. And the last game, and this is a final qualifying game, so this is a, another 18-carat game. What's up, Shock? Because Bugs Bunny said, what's up? Never mind. Yeah. You, you got yeah. it. I got the joke. That's the joke. So here, 18 carrots are up for grabs uh, from Hare's allotment of carrots. And uh, you take them uh, from electrified wires. If the ring attached to the carrots hit the wire, the carrots must be forfeited, and carrots that were one could be deposited in a team's basket. And basically, after three of these games, one of the final round games and two of the other non-final round games, whoever has the most carrots goes for the final round, which is called Cash and Carrots. This is for all the Tostitos. All the breadsticks, 15,000 pounds. Hold on. Brent, say it. This is for all the Tostitos. This is for all the Tostitos. So basically, the idea of this is get three questions right before you get three questions wrong. Each question right helps out hair a little bit. And what I mean by that is the first answer lets hair get into a garden by the gate swinging open. And, and that actually happens. The gate swings open and hair moves through the gate. The second one raised a net above like, uh, I don't remember if it was carrots or whatever they used to lure him, the, the hair. And then the third one, the net dropped, trapping the hair, you win 15,000 pounds. The little twist here is you don't, like consult as a team. Well, you do consult as a team, but you don't like say your answer. Every person on the team, each three uh, of the three people has a fuse box and you have to push down on the fuse box with the right answer. So it's multiple choice, A, B, C, but you have to decide which person's fuse box is going to be detonated. If you're right, again, hair advances, if you're wrong, hair goes crazy. And again, make hair crazy three times, you get nothing. You get uh, three right answers, the net falls on the hair, you win $15,000, and everybody lives happily ever after in this crazy little world. And of course, Jason ends the show, inviting everybody to come on back to the Enchanted Forest as long as they follow the one and only rule. Don't scare the hair. And that's the show. That's the show, but 
one thing I wanted to mention from earlier about why it lasted so short beyond the fact this is like one of the most insane shows ever. One of the craziest premises, not just for a game show, but for any show, this mystical forest with this five foot tall robotic rabbits. The first episode, people may have thought that it was a Easter special because one of the taglines to promote the show was this year, the Easter bunny has competition. So maybe people thought, hey, this is going to be one and done. When no, lo and behold, this is a a full-fledged series, not just a special Easter episode. So maybe that might have had something to do with it. But also, I think this is just so crazy. And it didn't get a whole lot of viewers to begin with. The uh, first episode had under 2 million viewers. Yeah. That's not good for a BBC show. Nope. Not and, the second, and it looked like the second one, which aired what one week after the first, uh-huh. it it got lower, one point three nine million. And this, I believe, aired on a Saturday night, and Saturday night, at least in England, is a lot bigger of a TV night than it is here in the states. Yeah, it's like people. And, it's like if you want a big light entertainment. Uh, family-type game show, Saturday night is the place to launch it. Well, unless it looks like it's kind of juvenile, has a big rabbit in this goofy, mystical forest. Yeah, I mean, if you watch some of the other quiz shows or game shows that air on BBC on a Saturday night, they're usually lottery-related you have whatever Ant and Decker are doing this week. You have your BBC lottery shows like Who Dares Wins. You generally have, I don't want to say a higher classic game show, but you have something a lot better than this generally. Yeah, they also had the uh, the British version of So You Think You Can Dance, which aired for a while there. Okay. But yeah, the the ratings for this, by the fourth episode, it had under a million viewers. Yeah. That's, Chico, using a line that you'd use, that's no bueno. NG, no good. NG, no good. No. Well, by the sixth episode, the wheels started coming off the mechanical robot rabbit. Well, actually, it wasn't even after six episodes. After three episodes aired, BBC canceled the show. Yeah. But they still read it for a while until uh, the final three were scheduled in a mid-afternoon block in October. So remember, it premiered on April 23rd of 2011. Uh On May 13th, it was canceled. So literally, it lasted three weeks. I literally three weeks, April 23rd to May 13th. Quick math tells me that's probably about 20 days or so. Again, not good. Uh, Writing was on the wall really fast between declining ratings and maybe just the general absurdity of this show. And the fact that they moved it from 525 to 440 didn't help 
But then again, that was uh, the, I want to say that was the day of the Eurovision Song Contest that year. So, yeah. But they yanked it. They canceled it after three. They aired it for six, took it off the air, and then broadcast the final three in October until October 22nd. That sound about right? I think uh, that's a fair description, yes. Yeah, and the critics basically had a field day with this show. A review of the stage, it said, the actual games are pretty feeble and uninspired, leaving the poor hair and his robotic novelty value to carry the show. Unfortunately, the hair is far from impressive either. Doctor Who's Tin Dog K-9 managed more personality and maneuverability, and he was operating within the confines of 70s technology. Wait, would Chameleon have been better than this? Chameleon probably would have been better than this. But then again, Chameleon wasn't a robot. Yeah, that's right. He wasn't a robot. People think he's a robot, but he's he not a played, robot. People think he was a robot. He was indeed played by a robot. He was not a robot. He was not a robot. I just love the fact they had a canine reference in that article. That's great. Oh, it gets even better. I have a future installment in this quote here. Uh, from Digital Spies Alex Fletcher, who says, Not since the days of Mr. Blobby and Ice Warriors have weekends been filled with such peculiar antics. Yes, Ice Warriors is a future entry. Oh, I was going to say, when did Mr. Blobby become a future entry? And over my dead body, we're doing anything on Mr. Blobby, because that was created by Noel Edmonds, and Noel Edmonds hosted Deal or No Deal in the it's UK. It's a national treasure! About him because now I don't talk over me because he was also the host of previous installment we mentioned in earlier in this episode cheap 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 i thought you were going to mention the old edmund show for a second there no no it's all about the cheap 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 around here i really thought you were gonna say mr blobby was gonna be a future i love it no i will quit this show no If, if mr blobby is ever an entry i will quit this show and no, leave that's not going to happen. Blo- leave Mr. Blobby alone. What did, what did, what, did Mr. Cover. what did Mr. Blobby ever do to anybody? Yeah, yeah. That's right. Mr. Yeah. Blobby is lovable. We th- Three grown men coming to the defense of Mr. Blobby. Blobby, You're Blobby, welcome, Blobby. Noel Edmonds. Blobby. Hey, hey, Mr. Blobby. Hey, he's better than Mr. Bucket. Mr. Bucket. <laughs> Mr. Bucket. Put the balls in my balls mouth. mouth. Mr. Bucket. Mr. Bucket. Wait, Mr. Bucket. That can't be misinterpreted in any way. No. Put the balls in my mouth, Mr. Bucket. That might have been more fun than, than Don't Scare the Hair. Maybe if we put. Maybe if we you put. Know, that is, you know, maybe no, you know we're not going to put any balls in the hair's mouth. No. <laughs> I think I, I think we found the problem with Mr. with uh, don't, got me got me thinking about Mr. Bucket now. With Mr. I think, Bucket? <laughs> I think we found the problem with Don't Scare the Hair. You take a look at this show, it obviously looks incredibly juvenile. Yet you have grown ass men and women playing it. I think this would have worked better as a kid's show. Potentially. You have kids playing the show, it would work. But prime time on a Saturday with grown ass people playing it? No. 
In fact, uh, I believe John Anson of the Lancashire Evening Post actually agrees with me. He said, if you're going to have a gimmick on your game show, at least make it entertaining. Surely this is a program which would have been ideal for CBBs, make the questions simple, involve bunches of kids, and hey, presto, it works. A primetime Saturday night viewing at eight. And I think we should say that CBBs is like the BBC's kids channel. Yeah, it's the BBC's Saturday kid block. No, I thought CBBs was uh, was a separate channel. Yeah, I thought it was a separate channel too. Oh, I thought it was the kids' block. Okay. No, CBBC is the uh, block. Okay. From our friends at UKGameShows.com, don't scare the hair. Doesn't really offer anything new. Its attempts to appeal to a general audience are somewhat ham-fisted, and it probably should be the lead into Doctor Who, a program that does the family appeal thing absolutely right. But it's not the definitively awful show that many would suggest. It's just a resoundingly mediocre one promoted way out of its league. Now, I should note that 2011, this would be Matt Smith's second season on Doctor Who. Yes, I believe this would this would be the uh, Moab, Utah season, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it would have been. Yeah. So, yeah. Suffice it to say, us here in the States... We're really looking forward to that season. It was a great like, season. It's like, holy hell, Alex Kingston killed the Doctor. Where is he going with this? So that is the hair. That is the scare. And that is... Where are we going with this? It was well, just a thing on TV? It was just a thing on TV. A really trippy, really colorful, really robotic thing on TV. And surprisingly enough, it wasn't limited to just Easter. That's the surprise, folks. People thought a whole season could work. It did not. No. But we have whole seasons of other shows here on It Was a Thing on TV.com. Of course, we have all of our previous installments, mini-sodes, Live watches, links to our social feeds, links to our YouTube channel where you can uh, subscribe and hit that notification bell. Oh no, Zakina spun off and she scared the hair. <laughs> off he goes. You will stay up to date on all of our future entries, including the next two next week that we have as we continue our incredible. Marvel month. Yes, if you heard the music from the first episode this week, you saw the cover art, we are going all in on theming here on It Was a Thing, and nowhere is that more evidence than the two episodes we have scheduled for next week. We have Nebula and Thanos in the same week. The same week, folks. The same week. Or if you want to be alternate, Amy Pond and Cable. Yeah. But what if Amy Pond was A, a bit of a dense, B, addicted to social media, and C, American? What? Oh, and what if Sulu, not, not that Sulu, the other Sulu was on this? Uh, Harold from Harold and Kumar? Yes. Or, alternatively, the one MILF guy from American Pie. 
And their best friend is case number 25 from Deal or No Deal. Wait, Meghan Markle? Or is it case 24? Who? who you're talking about Meghan Markle? Hey, no, I'm talking about Haley Marie Norman. Haley oh, okay. was 25. She Don't play with this. Haley was 25. I was there on her first episode, and she stood out. She was 25. Don't fight me on this. Okay. You are in love. We get it. She was like 18 at the time. It was like dirty love. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't was young. She, I was today years old when I heard this. Yeah, I want to say Haley was like 19 years old at the oldest. She couldn't have been older than 20. I, I would put money on the fact that she was 19 or even 18 when she appeared on Deal or No Deal. Okay, because the only two other Deal or No Deal keys girls I know are Megan Markle and Leo Milani. It's like, okay, no hold kid. on. I can get, I, well, now hold on. This can't be right. Well, okay. Here's I, what it says it says, I, I, oh, I me and her share the same birthday. Hold what? On. Birthday, not birth date. Oh, okay. I'm a little uh, older than I her. know that because you were born in 75. Thank you. It says she was born in 89, so she'd be 33. This couldn't be right because the episode I saw was July of 2006. That would have made her 17. That can't be right. Is this another well, case well, like well, the Juliet. one girl from the Dork Van pilot? Well, I think Juliet we're, we're getting there. Yeah. But here's the thing. Juliet Huff was 16 when she did Show Me the Money. Oh, future it, installment it, it, Show Me the Money. Well, well, yeah. I'm looking here. It says in 2006, she joined Deal or No Deal, and it says... Uh, her birthday is, is in uh, 1989. So I'm going to shrug my shoulders here, but now I feel really dirty. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry for what happened 16 years ago, but oops, I don't know. Oops, oh, God. Oops, anyway. And, uh, well, she's okay. now 33, so we don't have to worry. She was 17 at the time. Okay, okay, okay. We, we get it. Mike was hot. We get it. Mike was hot teacher. We get it. Wait, where's Jack when we need him this time? No, no, no. no, no. I think anyway, Jack more than ever right that now. Is, that is the first episode. The second episode, Thanos as a U.S. senator. Along the veins of Mr. Smith goes to Washington. And would you believe that this was created by Lawrence O'Donnell? Wait, what? Yes! I guess we'll figure all of the... Oh, wait. Did we mention that Sandy Frank is involved? What? And you know what that means, kids. Oh, God. Hold on. Let me cue it up. Hold on. Time out. Play us out here, Sandy. Oh. <laughs> hey, wait. While, while you're looking, Greg... Yeah. I found another link. It says she was born in 1984. Oh. So, so she's either 17 or 22. I think we'll err on the side of caution. She was 22. You. Oh. <laughs> Which means that if that's true, like she's two months and 22 days older than me. So well, now okay. I don't feel that dirty. Joel, play us out. Come on, everybody, let's do the Sandy Frank song. Sandy Frank, Sandy Frank, he's the source of all our pain. Sandy Frank, Sandy Frank, gets up at the house all day. Sandy Frank, 
Frank. Frank. Things that people I come think from trees. Thanks for listening. Frank. It was a thing on TV. Gets hard movies from Japan. Please be kind to each other. And we will see you. Sandy Frank, Sandy Frank, still where Warrington is called. <laughs> Who would have ever guessed we'd be able to use that for two weeks in a row? Yep. Greg, roar us out if you would, please. Row! Show me the Disney 100. We got 86 winners tonight. We got them, baby. Woo! <laughs> Six winners. We found our Disney 86 splitting 25,000, which means y'all getting $294.12. How about that, folks? Think of all the <laughs> broomsticks and bed knobs you can get with that one. Go to go to buy some parakeets. Show up Prince Ali. Yeah, he can't get them, but you can. DJ Duggan, Kelly J. Wolf, Britt Massacre, I'm guessing. Robert Trio, Power 415. Akalia, JM Her 17, Ohio, something or other. You're a bunny, bunny rabbit. I don't know what you'd. But noodles is not a bunny. Isn't that right, but noodles?